God every day. Every day. Every day. I will spend time with God. I will pray. I will pray. 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 I will pray. I will be holy. I will be holy. 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 I will be. I will be holy. I will fulfill God's purpose for me and my generation. My generation. My generation. I will fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose for my generation. For me and my generation. My generation. I will live the vow. Father, we love you and we thank you for the privilege that we have to follow you. We thank you for the army of young people that you are raising up in our nation. And God, we ask that you would continue to hear the prayers of the saints here, the saints across our, our nation, and that you would rise up an army of intercessors in our land, God. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would place within us an urgency to proclaim your name, to live holy, Lord God, to pray diligently, God, to know you, and Lord God, to fulfill the purpose that you have for each one of us. God, we ask for a determination and a zeal, Lord God, within each one of us. I pray, Lord God, for leaders to come out of this place. I pray that each one of us would be authentic leaders, Lord Jesus. May we not look like the dark, materialistic, narcissistic culture that we live in, but may we authentically be disciples that lead a generation into desperate pursuit of you, Jesus. I ask, Lord, that out of the seedbed of the furnace and DLA, real leaders would rise up. I pray that you would do a supernatural work within them in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. amen. All right. Uh, as you know, God's been doing a really, really, really good thing here as we've been uh, believing that when we pray, God works. And now that we have uh, this whole new crew alongside of us, I wanted to start off this new year really talking a little bit more about prayer and, and delving in to all that uh, one of the core things that is the reason why we exist. And so many of us know that theoretically, but I, I, I want uh, prayer to be a part of your conviction. And realistically, you're going to need this in order to spend night after night or morning after morning in a, in a corporate prayer meeting. And so most of you come from youth groups or from uh, churches where there might be one uh, season of prayer, or maybe really progressive ones right now have one prayer meeting a week. Um, but when you're in this tribe, there's uh, some pressure because all of a sudden you're filling out a card every week saying that you're going to be at prayer meeting, three two-hour prayer meetings a week, and that can feel like a lot. And, and, and what the temptation is, is three months from now for it to become legalistic action rather than heartfelt, spirit-filled uh, life to you. And it's all based upon what's going on in your heart and what you understand to be true in your head. And so I'm going to aim tonight at your heart and your head and so that you walk away from here with a little bit more unction, fervency, and even urgency to pray, all right? So Exodus chapter 17, we'll start in verse 8, okay? The Amalekites came and attacked the, and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Say Rephidim. I don't know why. There's no reason. Nothing important about Rephidim. I just think it sounds like reap a cheap. Okay. Moses said to Joshua... Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur... Held on his hands, Aaron and her held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites with a sword. 
So the reason why I find this story interesting is because this is an Old Testament picture of what intercession looks like today. In other words, here you have Moses, and Moses goes onto the top of the hill, and he's watching a battle. All right? And on one side you have the Israelite army, and they're fighting. Okay? It's kind of like if you were to imagine, you know, most of us are familiar with Braveheart, where you have one army lines up on one side and the other on the other. Okay? So imagine that, only without Wallace. Okay, and on the other side, you have another army, all right, this is the Amalekites, okay, and so the Amalekites are fighting, the Israelites, Israelites are fighting, all right, and so this is like hand-to-hand combat, okay, this is not, this is not pretty fighting, this is not just because it's in the Bible, people die nicely, this is bloody, this is death, this is a real war, and so a real battle is going on, and literally as they fight, as Moses' hands go up. The Israelites are able to take out the Amalekites. All right? Do you see that? So when, Israel, so when Moses' hands go up, Aaron and Hur have Moses' hands up, and they're holding his arms up. And God says, when your hands are up, then the Israelites are going to win. So when the arms go up, the Israelite army, the people of God, are dominating. When the hands go down, all of a sudden, the Amalekite army begins to win. And so this is a pretty intriguing dynamic. It's a pretty intriguing war. Because realistically, you have a few things going on. You have real people fighting. You have what, you know, people's, you know, like sword fighting and all that. Really, it really makes a difference. It really matters. But you have God in the mix. And when the hands are up, then God, using human people, begins to take out the Amalekites. It's an intriguing thing. Because if you and I were to look at it, we would say, in our context, God, if you want to take out the Amalekites, just take out the Amalekites, right? I mean, you're God. If you want to smite them, then, oh, smite them, mighty smiter. You know, God, do what you want to do. Why would God use people to defeat the Amalekites? God decides he's going to use the Israelites. He's going to use people to fight in a battle, to fight a war. To defeat the Amalekites. And so what you have is you have Joshua and the fellas. And they can't see. You know. They can't totally understand. They're down here fighting. And you can imagine how weird of a battle it would be. When one moment Moses' hands are up. And you are invincible. I mean you are. You're taking them out. I mean you're strong. You're, you just feel like. You, you, you feel like you're, you know, you're battling a bunch of hobbits because you're just you're you're taking them out. You're strong. And then all of a sudden, I, we don't know if they can see Moses or not. But when Moses' hands go down, it's almost like kryptonite. And before you know it, they're taking you out. You know, it's that kind of thing. Are you with me? And so imagine being on the battlefield, unable to see Moses and the bizarre nature of one moment you're dominating the next moment you're not and it's based upon if a man's hands are up interesting isn't it see because when we look at this what we see is we see god intervening on the earth based upon humans hands up and moses here is a symbol of People, hands raised, intercession going on, prayer taking place, a a statement of, oh God, we need you. God, you said put my hands up, I'll put my hands up, and the army wins. The hands go down, Aaron and her take a break, 
Aaron's, or her's a man in this scenario. And all of a sudden, the Amalekites begin to win. Arms go up. Israelites. Down. Amalekites. So you have human beings involved in the battle. God he looks, he's the one that's decided, I'm going to take out the Amalekites, I'm going to use people, but I'm going to demand that they trust in me. I'm going to demand that Moses' hands go up as a symbolic way of saying, as for all of them to know that it's me that's doing it. See, you and I live in a very real battle. And many times, you and I want to sit back philosophically try to untie the tangled knots of how prayer works, how prayer exists, why God tells us to repeat back to him things that he already knows. And so our temptation is to sit back and in a lackluster way, not engage in what he called us to. But Jesus was extremely clear. He told us to always ask, to always seek, to always knock. And he didn't say to understand prayer, he said to do it. And so when we pray, it's kind of like us being like Moses where we put our hands up and God begins to work. It's God doing the work, but he's using human people. And imagine how naive and how ridiculous it would be of Joshua if Joshua's down here and he's looking, looking over and he's seeing some of his weak guys, some of his weak buds, and they're like rock stars. I mean, the, I mean, Josh, I mean Moses' hands are up and they are just like... You know, taking, taking guys out. Imagine how ridiculous it would be if Joshua was like, dude, we are awesome. Dude, you are the man. You just destroyed that Amalekite guy. Way to go. Dude, you rock. We rock. We're awesome. We're so cool. Why? Because we all know that the moment that Moses' hands go down, there's a reality that goes, it wasn't you, Joshua. It was God. Imagine how absurd it would be if, if, if the chest were to kind of puff up and be like, what's up now? You know, that kind of thing. Why? Because you and I are very clear. I mean, we're reading it through the scriptures and we're seeing so clearly. It's God doing the work. The same way, when things got hard, if their whole mentality was, oh no, we're getting beat. Dude, I wish you'd have done more push-ups. You should have done better at Warrior 101 school. We're lame. No, the response would not be that. The response would be, somebody declare to Moses, get his hands up. Her, put him up, you know, his hands up, quickly. Aaron, get his hands up. We're depend Why? Because it's really not about us. We're just vessels. God's doing the work. We're just here doing it right here, and it's God through us to defeat them. Are you with me? And so your job, when you come here night after night, it's not, you know, Puffed up head and heart going, hey, check us out, man. We're a praying tribe. Yeah, we're giving up desperate housewives and, you know, Facebook to be here. Aren't we rocking? Nor is it when you feel defeated, tired, like nobody cares, like you're wasting your time, like you're losing ground, to look at you. Either way, you lose. Whether you win, doing well, whether you're doing poorly. If you look at you. Joshua and his guys are looking at their lack of strength or their overabundance of strength, they lose. The way they win is when they say, Moses, get your hands up. Hey, Aaron, Aaron, her, hey, her, get his hands up now. We need God in this battle. 
We need God right now, and we're going to lose unless you get the hands up. If, if they're looking at each other talking about st- physical strength, they have their eyes on the wrong thing. We're about to go into a heavy season of prayer. We're about to go into a heavy season of uniting together and praying and asking for a move of God. Asking for God to move in our generation. And you and I may be voluntarily submitting to be in the army. But when you are, when Moses' hands are up, you could have Jameson Miller. Come up here. Jameson, where's Jameson? All right, come up here. Jameson, come up. Come quick. Come, 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 come on. All right. Where's Adrian Martin? Adrian. Come up here. Adrian, where you at? Is she here? All right, come over here. All right, now. Okay, come right, right over there. Here you go. All right. Now. All right, now. No, no, face me. Face me. Face me. No, no, no. Here, you're upstaging him. All right, there you go. Okay. All right, there you go. Now, if we're in a battle, all right, and these two are on the, on the same battlefield, all right, if Moses' hands are up, all right, and they're both taking on a super average, normal-sized, normal-looking guy. Joe, stand right here. All right? <clears throat> all right? They're both taking on Joe. All right? Okay? If the arms are up, all right? If the arms are up, right? If it's God doing the work, Adrian has the ability to take Joe out just as much as Jameson. Are you with me? Why? Because it's God doing the work. Are you catching this? So when it comes to prayer, when it comes to you and I on a battlefield, you know, meaning the prayer meeting, because I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith, I say to you that many will come from east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here it is. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go. It will be done just as you believed it would. And his his servant was healed at that very hour. Here's a centurion. And it's his faith that heals his servant. Isn't that interesting? I think it's interesting right here that we don't even find, we don't even find the servant's faith. You know what we find? A mediator with faith. A man in the middle with faith. A centurion. Oh God, I don't even deserve for you to enter into my house or come under my roof. But just say the word. Just say it. And Jesus looks at one guy's faith and says, your words were heard. And I have moved in response to your prayers. But what about the servant? We don't even know. We don't know anything about the servant's faith. We just know about a man in the middle. We just know about an intercessor in the middle. We just know about a guy standing in the gap that sees a need and cries out. And friends, that's a biblical model. There will be things that you will pray for in this very room. And in this very room. Sorry. All right, this very room. That's a song from the 80s. But anyway... You don't know that song? And in this very room, there's quite enough power for all of us. Anyway, okay. In this very room, you'll cry out. You'll pray. And who knows? But that one day, 
when we get to pull back and see TiVo'd Earth and you get to see the way that everything turned out. Who knows that the, that the people that you're crying out for, that you're praying, there may be miracles that it was your prayer that caused God to intervene into their life. Your prayer, you, your faith. Your faith makes a big difference. I just look at this centurion and Jesus praises this man's faith. I want to encourage you to whatever faith, whatever degree that you could step out and believe, that's enough. Just start. Count Zinzendorf named his prayer society the Order of the Grain of Mustard Seed, which is like not as cool name as like Tag Mill Furnace, but... I'm going to try the next one. Next one I name, it's going to be like order of the grain of mustard seed internship. But anyway, he named it that because at the core, it was just a little bit of, just a little seed can do so much. Just a little seed turns into so much. And if you'll just have a little, I mean, Jesus said, faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. The thing about a seed is that it's small, but when planted, it becomes much. So you go, well, I'm here, and you know, just getting started. Maybe you're in your second semester, maybe third, maybe fourth. Wherever you're at, though, step out and go, I'm going to believe in faith. No matter what little bit of faith you have. And I'm, I'm not talking about theoretically, like, like everybody zoom back in here. I'm not talking like mystical faith, you know, like the invisible, like we're, a, we're faith people. I'm talking about you picturing a very real thing and you're having faith for it so it's the sickness of the person that you know that you want to be healed it's the revival back at the home church back in iowa it's the mom and dad to be reconciled it's whatever is the i'm talking real things where you have faith for real things sometimes we're like i'm a man of faith I'm just, no i'm talking about specifically you are like a person with faith for real things that you're really praying for that's that's what faith is faith isn't non-applied just kind of like I walk by faith, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, I got a spirituality thing going. But I'm talking about the specific, you have faith and you're praying, you're pressing for something. In this tribe, we have a mandate from heaven to pray for a volunteer army of young people in this generation. People that choose to be holy. People that choose to seek God. We're going after teenagers we're going after college kids to know God. And we're going to pray that. We're going to have faith for that. My hope is that this is an army of intercessors that have faith for that. That have faith for a move of God in our generation. Encourage other people to pray with faith, all right? Here we go. <clears throat> this is week one. I'm going a little long tonight. Matthew chapter 13, verse 53. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get the wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his, isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. Look at that. They took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, only in his hometown and in his own house is a prophet without honor. And look at this. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. 
Now is where it gets scary. A corporate people with a lack of faith, and Jesus does not many miracles. Why? Because of their lack of faith. Interesting, isn't it? Because this is the actual people. And the old one, it was the centurion for someone else. This is a group, and it's their lack of faith. Them, the ones right there. They didn't see many miracles because of their lack of faith. We see this all the time when we go on tour. We'll go on tour and do nights of desperation. Some cities we walk in, we bring the same variables. We bring in a team. We bring in a band. We bring in X amount of prayers that led up to the tour. It's just, it's the same thing. And you go into one city and one church, and it's like, it's like putting a match, you know, on gasoline. I mean, it's just like, there's faith, and it just ignites. And there's anticipation, and there, there's a, a God story waiting to happen. And there's other places where you walk in, and I mean, it's the same band, same prayers, 24 hours later, and it's like, it's like a wall. It's just like, whoa, what's the difference? A corporate people's faith. Corporate people's praying and pressing. And it's going to take faith to believe for a move of God in our generation. It doesn't just like send out a flyer and happen, you know? Build a website and people go raw doesn't happen we need we need god in our midst and we as a furnace tribe we want to be a people of faith we don't want it to stand before jesus one day and have it be well i didn't do many miracles because in that tribe there was very little faith may it never be last one get as many people praying as possible get as many people as now when we saw the centurion that was one guy right one guy Coming for my servant. Jesus goes, I haven't seen faith like this in Israel. Rock and roll, dude. Yeah, he's healed. Boom, healed at that very hour. Cool day. At the same time, we find Paul all throughout, the, all throughout his writings. He's always trying to mobilize prayer. He's always trying to get as many people praying as possible. He had a fundamental conviction, conviction, more people praying is better. He's always asking, Colossians 4, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too. Get, get people praying for us that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may declare it, uh, that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. 1 Thessalonians 5.25, brothers, pray for us. Ephesians 6, Paul's always trying to mobilize as many people as possible to pray. Why? Because one person having faith, God will move. Without a doubt, we see it. But when we see, but we see over and over again, more people praying, more people contending, more people believing, God goes, maybe I will just rend the heavens and come down. If Paul didn't believe that you needed a lot of people praying for you, he wouldn't spend all of these letters, you know, with his ending being like, please pray for us. If he believed it didn't really matter, it was just spiritual rote, you just do it just because you're good, he would, there wouldn't be an urgency that says, brothers, pray for us. Devote yourself to prayer. Pray without ceasing. When all of us pray together, as many people as possible, God moves. God works. Friends, God is calling this tribe to be a people of prayer. That's at the core of our community. That's the hub 
That's the commission. No doubt. We're going to do lots of things for the kingdom. We're going to see a generation reach. We're going to do conferences. We're going to go on tours. We're going to go to Mexico. We're going to do all those things. We're going to do stuff with the poor. We want to be an authentic body, an authentic community. But at the core, at the center, the fires of prayer are going to burn bright. And if that's going to happen night after night after night after night after night after night, you've got to get in here. It matters, 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 it matters. The words were heard. And I've come in response. The words were heard. And if they believe that he hears them, then they'll ask. First John 5. That's what we want. If we get it in here. I just can't believe that's in 1 John 5. I'm just like going to thank John that that's in there. Because that just spells it out so clearly. And we're like, Holy Spirit, you really nailed it when you told John to write that. John, thanks for writing. It's good. So clear. God, we ask that you would make us an army of intercessors. Voluntarily sacrificing, voluntarily forgoing, voluntarily giving up the pleasures of the age so we can expand your kingdom for eternity. God, I pray for each person that's here. I pray that you would grant them supernatural strength. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that in the dry times and the anointed times, that there would be an urgency within them. God, we keep coming back to your word and to your character and to who you are. God, we want to stand before you one day and have through your grace and your spirit, have sustained urgency for our whole lifetime. May the fire never burn out. May it burn. Brighter and brighter. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.